Well, if you have been waiting to look at the balance of your IRA lately (laughs) and you didn't sell at the bottom, you can have a peek now. Hi, Thomas Miller on the Fun Astrology Podcast. It's Saturday, October 29th. We're going to read a fairly short Ray Merriman newsletter here. I mean, what can you say? It exploded, right? I mean, this dog has a tail. This thing is going to run. I'm glad that the newsletter is a little bit shorter today because I also wanted to talk about Mars going into retrograde. So we will do that and just say kind of a recap of this week for myself was really, I had one of the best trading weeks I've ever had. And, you know, one of the things that is a dynamic in the market right now is this lower liquidity. Now, the S&P futures contract, which is kind of the thing that I like to hang out and day trade, the volume on that is about, oh, two and a half, three million shares per day on average. So that still is up there. I mean, there's a lot of money flowing, but it's less as the Fed has been pulling this money out of the system. There's less liquidity chasing stocks. That makes for more volatility. It's the same thing as at night. They can move that thing around violently at night with basically no money at all because there's nobody there. The NASDAQ trades about a third of the S&P approximately, and oil is like very thinly traded. Natural gas, even thinner than oil. And see, those are highly volatile. Well, with the volatility, if you have a trading system that adapts to that, it can be highly profitable. So I didn't trade the beginning of the week because obviously we were with the group and then Hemet stayed over for a couple of extra days. But Thursday and Friday were just really rather remarkable. I'm looking forward to a couple of days break, celebrating a birthday and then getting back at it next week. I'm like, oh, this is good. Well, we'll see how it goes. So let's check in with Ray Merriman. This is the newsletter from MMACycles.com, the newsletter that the author has given us permission to quote here and to recite And this is the newsletter starting October 31st, 2022. If you'd like to follow along or call it up for yourself, go to MMACycles.com, and it's the weekly forecast link at the top. Best thing to do is to hit the email box and just subscribe. That way you get it the same time we do. This begins with a Wall Street Journal article from October 27th. So that would be, by my quick count, Thursday, entitled, Economy Grows But Warning Flash says the U.S. economy grew in the third quarter, but showed signs of a broad slowdown as consumer and business spending faltered under high inflation and rising interest rates. Gross domestic product, a measure of goods and services produced across the nation, grew at a 2.6% annual rate in the third quarter after declining in the first half of the year. End quote. Ray says it was a tale of two markets in U.S. equities, The Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500 soared to new monthly highs on Friday, with the former up every day this past week. The tech-heavy Nasdaq topped out on Tuesday, October 25th, the day of the solar eclipse, and then sold hard into Thursday before recovering on Friday, but was not able to make a new weekly high. That's okay. It'll be all right. That's my aside, not Ray's. And just my opinion, folks. Nevertheless, the U.S. stock market looks much more bullish now, following the final passage of Saturn square Uranus with Jupiter on its midpoint and semi-square to each. We've talked about that a lot. Think of 
Saturn over here, Uranus over here, separated by 90 degrees on the chart and in the sky, and right in between them, Jupiter. That semi-square was exact at 18 degrees for the first 12 days of October, and now it separates, and the next time we will see them together is January 2043. Like I said, you can look at your portfolio once again. Ray goes on to say there was a lower secondary low on October 13th as Mars squared Neptune the day of the CPI report. But the end of that day, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up over 800 points. The majority of the 2002 bear market decline was thus completed by September 30th as the most powerful aspect configuration of the year that being Saturn and Uranus squaring with Jupiter in the middle, ended. For the record, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 8,291 points from its all-time high on January 5, 2022, which occurred less than two weeks following the third and final exact waning square between Saturn and Uranus. The intraday bottom on October 13th was about two weeks after the last nearly exact aspect of the Saturn-Uranus square, nine months later. In just two weeks since then, since October 13th, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has gained over 4,200 points. In other words, it has recovered over half of its losses of the first nine months of this year in just the last two weeks. That's quite impressive and strongly suggests that the low of October 13th was a long-term cycle, although it will take several more weeks to confirm that. Stated another way from a geocosmic perspective, the all-time high in the U.S. stock market occurred with the end of the three-passage series of the exact Saturn-Uranus waning square, a nine-month bear market then ensued that lasted right until the end of the fourth and final instance of that Saturn-Uranus square. Parentheses from Thomas. You can't make this up. End parentheses. <laughs> Thus, under Saturn-Uranus, we witnessed the end of a bull market and the end of a bear market of longer-term cycles, assuming that that low of October 13th holds one should never underestimate the power of Uranus in such a long-term planetary aspect. In other global stock indices, we note similar impressive rallies, many of which began with the low of September 30th to October 3rd, when Saturn and Uranus were at the closest they would come to an exact square in 2022. There were some exceptions. The Shanghai Composite Index in China, for instance, dropped to a new six-month low on Friday following the conclusion of the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party. It was even more severe in Hong Kong, where the Hang Seng closed at its lowest level in 13 years. In other markets, the combination of Saturn turning direct last weekend and the solar eclipse on October 25th coincided with other reversals. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Silver had stellar rallies from their lows of October 13th and 14th, Mars squaring Neptune, to their highs of October 26th. Gold also exhibited a decent rally from its two-year low on October 21st to a temporary high on October 26th. Crude oil may be starting a new rally phase as Jupiter retrograded back into Pisces last week, 
although the price needs to continue that rally above last week's high to strongly suggest that this is indeed a new bull cycle, but it's a start. Now the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts. There is a lot going on in the cosmos, though not quite as significant as what was experienced in the last 10 days of September. First, as of Friday, yesterday, Jupiter returned to Pisces, where it remains until December 20th, when it returns for another run through Aries into May of next year, 2023. You may remember that during Jupiter's last passage into Pisces, which was December 29th, 2001 through May 16th, 2022, inflation exploded and the stock market started its bear market as doubts emerged about the Fed and the U.S. government's lack of foresight to understand that their policies were inflationary. This misjudgment also led to an explosion in commodity prices, especially in energy, metals, and foods. There is reasonable concern that another misjudgment may be about to take place when the FOMC meets next week and gives an update on the future of its interest rate hikes. Many expect the Fed to announce another three-quarter point increase, but that it also will slow down the pace of hikes after this. The concern for us is that this meeting and announcement will take place right after Mars turns retrograde at 25 degrees Gemini tomorrow morning, October 30th. It will also be within the orb of a square to Neptune at 22 degrees Pisces and will be in opposition to the United States natal Neptune at 22 degrees Virgo. This is not an indicator of sound judgment or the ability to follow one's plan of action as the retrograde Mars will remain in the orb of the square to Neptune through November 19th. Mars wants to appear to be bold, but when retrograde, bold is not always advisable, for this is when aggressive actions or pronouncements are apt to be problematic. The results usually don't come out as expected. Plus, when square to Neptune, something is missing in the calculation. You need more time and more data to be certain for this is an aspect of uncertainty, or of a lack of data essential to make a good judgment. In other words, I think they are in a bit of a fog about what to say and do. They may promise something which they really can't deliver as projected. In any event, the cosmic fireworks for financials may not be over either. The end of next week finds the Sun and Venus beginning a T-square to the departing Saturn-Uranus waning square. The date range on that is November 5th to the 11th. Of most importance may be the Venus opposition to Uranus next Saturday, November 5th, one day after the employment reports come out. There could be a surprise in here. Equally as important may be the lunar eclipse on Election Day, November 8th, and the Sun in opposition to Uranus on November 9th, with both of which cover the U.S. midterm election results. This will likely involve more surprises. Both aspects of Uranus can correlate to wild moves in financial markets, especially interest rate-related markets such as treasuries and currencies. Keep in mind that any market near its multi-month low or high 
is vulnerable to breaking that support or resistance. If not, then these aspects can correlate with sudden and sharp reversals. The market activity of this period may very well determine whether the United States and other world stock indices are in a bull or a bear market. Right now, an argument could be made to support either outlook, which is par for the course when Mars turns retrograde and there are a series of hard aspects with Uranus occurring nearby. So, the rule for this week? <laughs> don't be so certain. You don't really know what you don't really know. It's better to know that. End of the newsletter. And once again, he pretty much laid it out there as it is. Let's talk about Mars going retrograde for a little bit more here. I'm setting the chart to October 30th, 925 a.m. where I am in Asheville, North Carolina. Mars will be at 25 degrees 36 minutes when it stations retrograde. So the aspects in the sky, as he mentioned, there is, a first of all, a trine to Mercury in Scorpio. It's a fairly wide trine, and Mercury is moving away from it, so that's a fairly brief and passing thing. But it is in that square to Neptune. Neptune is at 22 degrees in retrograde, moving backwards. Mars will eventually catch up with it. And it's also, we could say, in a square to Jupiter, which has just reentered Pisces. So with that Jupiter ingress back into Pisces and with that Mars stationing direct, both of those planets are hyperactive right now. And as he mentioned, the United States chart, Mars is almost on top of the United States Mars, which is in Gemini at 21 degrees, 22 minutes. So Mars has already moved over that point once. It will come back again and then once again back over it one more time before it finally leaves Gemini in May. Now, Ray mentioned the square to Neptune. It is also in a square to the United States Neptune, which is at 22 degrees up at the top of the chart in the 10th house in Virgo. And I'm using the Sibley chart here, the famous Ebenezer Sibley chart, dated July 4th, 1776, 5, 10 p.m., and I'm using the equal house system if you'd like to cast that chart. But we have a double square to Neptune, which transiting is opposite the United States Neptune. So let me say this another way. We have in the United States chart, Neptune opposite transiting Neptune, both in a square to natal United States Mars and now transiting Mars in retrograde. Now, something to just write across your forehead for the next 80 days, which is the length of this retrograde. If you start a conflict, so like a lawsuit, if you decide to get out of your car and go tell the person behind you what for, remember that during a Mars retrograde, the aggressor usually does not win. Now, that's not 100%, but it is a guide rule. So don't be the aggressor in a conflict for the next almost three months. Now, how do we play this from the market's perspective? Well, if you're short term, one of the things you would watch are the aspects. So we already have the squares. That could affect the price of oil. That could affect gold, Jupiter in there. It could affect several things, the metals. But we're starting with a Venus in conjunct, which will be in uh, another week and a half or so, I guess. 
and then a Venus opposition, and then another Venus in conjunct, and then a Venus trine. So we'll get probably all three of those in there before Mars turns back direct. So we will be watching those aspects. The other thing we'll have to see how it unfolds is how the duality of Gemini plays into this retrograde. When Mars moved through direct, I mean, it played the fiddle. It just seems that that tension and conflict and that duality and that split and so many conversations about nuclear war, the divided nation, all of that seemed to be amplified, didn't it? Well, is retrograde going to tone that down or are we going to go back and revisit all of that, pick it apart, dissect it like a Monday morning quarterback and by applying more energy to it, amplify it? And with this latest explosion, as Mars slowed down to turn retrograde in the market, could the possibility be there that it might retrace some of that ground? Could it be that this is 80 days of going back and forth? I don't think so. And the reason why is obviously the upcoming November 8th midterm election in the United States. But again, could we say that, wow, it's a good thing that Mars turned retrograde a week before it. Maybe that'll temper things down a little bit. We can actually get this thing done. Is that a possibility? Again, Mars is in Gemini. Two results, two winners, two losers. But if you know an election attorney, you better tell them to let the other side file the case first. You know, one of the reasons that I trade the markets is, one, I got a tap on my shoulder that literally the universe said, here, you need to do this. And it has completely helped me restructure my money paradigm. It truly has. And anybody who has done it and stayed with it knows that that is one of the primary outcomes. The other thing that it's done, the other benefit is that it has allowed me to look at that market in the morning and not have a bias about what it's going to do, but to rather observe and then respond. Wow, when we open up Monday morning for the regular session, we say, this thing sure is overextended. It can't go any higher and watch it go higher. Or you say, goodness sakes, this thing has got to crash back down. Aren't we coming back to retest those lows again? Watch it go on up and up and up. Or you think, goodness, like I said at the beginning, this dog has a tail. This is going to, this thing's going to hunt and watch it turn around and crash. I mean, you just, you come to the situation with no bias, no perspective. And that's how we live a truly conscious life. We're in a situation, we observe, we take it in, we release as much judgment as we possibly can, and then we respond from neutrality. And that's the perspective of true power. So I hope this helps. Great analogies here. And we will see what happens. And we'll be back with Ray's newsletter on that very critical Venus aspect next Saturday. Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Have a great rest of the weekend. I'm going to be playing around here and then birthday tomorrow and level up tomorrow night here on the Facebook group and also on YouTube, all under Fun Astrology Podcast. See you later. Bye-bye.